You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Lamel Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this first recording of Inspirational Perspective, Linnell introduces what the Inspirational Perspective radio show is about and breaks down what a life coach is. So what is Inspirational Perspective? I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about that. What is it exactly? This show is all about getting us into action and embracing our power. This next hour and a half is about moving the intellect, moving the emotions, getting you all set up for an inspirational week, making you uh, just kind of getting your, getting your blood rushing so you can move to the next level. So we're going to be looking at everyday interactions from a very fresh perspective. I know that every day new things are happening for you and also some of the same things. You're in a cycle and with you being in a cycle, a lot of times we just, we just need a, a brand new taste, something that's going to get you pumped up for the next day. So why is inspirational perspective on your radio? Well, it's, it's real simple. It's my desire to awaken our community. I want to wake up the highly entertained members of our society from the sullen slumber of mental inertia. And now what does that mean, the sullen slumber of mental inertia? Well, my idea is this. For the most part, you know, we kind of go through life on autopilot. We go through life on autopilot, and we really don't take time to think deeply about what it is that we're doing to the point where we make a change. It's all too easy for us to concede our power, concede control of our thoughts, control of our money, control of our biases, control of our opinions, control of our prejudices. And yes, I said prejudice. Some of the things that you're prejudiced about, you don't even really know why. You've been told that you don't like it. Even some of our fears, some of our political preferences to the affluent minority. And what I mean by the affluent minority is basically big business. You know, you got the mass media and basically they're telling us what we should believe in. They're telling us how we should think. And so we kind of fall into this sleep or what I call this slumber of mental inertia to the point where we're on autopilot and we're doing exactly what they say. That's right. I said it. And so I'm going to tell you, this is not a show for the faint of heart. I'm just going to lay things out. I'm very direct. And as you get to know me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself as we go. But as you get to know me, hopefully it's something that you, you love and that you can respect. All right. Now, as much as we despise being controlled and manipulated, because I know most of us do, we don't like anybody having any kind of control over us, we have let the few with money tell us exactly what they want us to do. And so we do it. And I used to call this the hidden agenda. You know, the propaganda pushing marketers and commercial mass media. But lately, they've gotten so big and bold, we can't really say that they're hidden, can we? I mean, because to say it's the hidden agenda means that it's not in our face, but it's in our face. And a good example of that is this last presidential election. Now, years ago, you couldn't always tell where a media outlet, you know, where they stood. You know, you had to really, you know, had to really kind of just sit back and listen to what they were saying. But nowadays, 
you know exactly what they're thinking. You know, if I say Fox to you right now, the first thing you think is conservative. Okay, Fox is conservative. But if I say MSNBC, you think, okay, I can listen to that. That's liberal. And so the big mass media companies, these big networks, they're no longer hiding their agenda. They've gotten so bold, they just kind of come straight out with it. And we still don't do much about it. We still listen. We still watch. And, and what I mean is, okay, you might not watch Fox News, but you watch a, a show on Fox. They're advertising to somebody. And so as a result, we really don't have a voice. Chicago, do you know what I mean? Am, am I here by myself talking all alone? Let me know. You can call in at 591-1690. Let's have a conversation about this. This is what Inspirational is all about, you know, kind of waking us up. For my suburban listeners out there, it's 773-591-1690. But in the meantime, so why did I start writing a blog called inspirationalperspective.com? You know, the main idea was, it seemed to me most of us got stuck in an endless cycle. And this endless cycle is what I call just busyness. And I know some of you are shaking your heads right now. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I'm always moving around. And it seems like time is, the in, is that invaluable commodity that we just don't have. And when we finally stop, when we finally get a second to stop, typically we choose to entertain ourselves. And so I just got done talking about, you know, big media, you know, this sullen, this sullen slumber we're in, this mental inertia. And instead of us getting fired up and when we do have time doing something about this, when we stop, we entertain ourselves. Because if your life is anything like mine, you wake up in the morning and you're attacking your day. I mean, literally attacking your day. And if you hit snooze, man, you are already behind. You know what I'm talking about. And so to make sure that time doesn't beat you, you're just on the run. You're, you're attacking. We all do it. You go to work. You sit through meetings. You endure your coworkers, and maybe one or two of them you like. And then you wait for the end of your shift only to go home and prepare yourself to repeat the same old monotonous cycle all over again the next day. And before you go to bed, you entertain yourself. You watch that favorite show or you watch a game or you play your favorite game. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We live in a city, but we got a lot of farmers out there. You're growing crops, milking cows on Farmville, or you're playing Mafia Wars, or uh, the new one, I think they call it Ruzzle. And we justify the hours of no productivity in the name of being tired. I'm tired, so I, you know, I, really, can't, I really can't worry about what he's talking about right now. Well, I'm tired. I'm going to sit down here and, and take a rest and, and watch television. And so as a result, we stay stuck. No wonder most of us are thinking, thank God, thank God it's Friday before Thursday's even over with. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then we just want to break from the same old, same old. And some of you hate Monday so much, you dread Sundays. <laughs> You're sitting at church thinking, oh, Lord, after we have dinner, I got to get ready for them fools at work all over again. You're stuck. We're straight stuck. And that's why you want to keep listening, because in the next hour and a half, I'm going to lay out the foundation for how you can begin living the best life possible. That's what Inspirational Perspective is all about. 
It's about living the best life possible. You know, one of my slogans is get inspired. It's a lifestyle choice. And so every week right here at 10 p.m., we started a little early tonight, but at 10 p.m. from 11 p.m., I'm going to be on your radio talking about inspiration and motivating you. And the idea is it's not just about getting motivated. It's about staying motivated. It's about staying motivated. And so the idea of this show is to bring up topics, and then after we bring up topics, take tangible steps to helping you living the best life possible. And I'm going to tell you, this segment every Saturday night can make a shift in your life that will create a positive difference for who you are and for the people you love, because that's what life coaches do. So speaking of life coach, what is a life coach? I want you to think on this one. What is a life coach? Because for the most part, you know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I was like, hey, I'm going on the show tonight, and I want to make sure that I'm hitting it the right way. You know, do people really understand what life coaches are? So he, he made a few phone calls and asked a couple of his buddies, do they know what a life coach is? And a lot of people get it real mixed up, because a life coach is not a psychologist. A life coach is, is not a therapist. The best way to think about a life coach is, you know, some of us have trainers when we go to the gym. You know, so when you think about it, you know, it's, it's somewhat like a trainer. And some of us, we want to have a trainer, but we, we can't necessarily afford one. And some of us don't want a trader, trainer, and we need one. But the same way a trainer helps you reach your physical fitness goal is the same way a life coach helps you reach your life goal. And so I'm with you all one hour every Saturday evening, and the idea is really to begin helping you reach your life goals. That's what I want to do. And it's not just for you. It's also for me. You know, one of the things I say about inspirational perspective is, you know, when I began writing it, I wasn't writing it, you know, necessarily to inspire other people. I was writing it to inspire myself because every time I, I put that pen to paper and write something that's inspirational or motivational, it doesn't mean that I've necessarily got this thing locked down. It's just another way of knowing there is more that I have to do. There's more growth that I have to that I, I have to undertake. So a life coach really is a physical form of accountability. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, one of the reasons we get a trainer when we go to the gym is, you know, you're working out and, you, you know, you're doing curls. You're trying to build your biceps. And you get to, you know, the eighth rep, and all of a sudden you want to drop the barbell, put it down. But because you have that trainer there, he kind of he'll grab your wrist and he'll help you get it up on a nine and the ten. And uh, you get a better workout because you have that trainer with you. And that's, that's what life coaching is all about, is pushing you outside of your comfort zone, helping you break the barriers of where you are. And that's, that's what we're going to be doing every Saturday evening here on Inspirational Perspective. And I'm Linnell Harris. I'm your host. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the time that we can have together. So a friend of mine, he came into town. He's from San Diego. He came into town uh, this past Thanksgiving. And when he was in town, we went for a run, you know, and I, I run just about every other morning. I try to get in about two to three miles. And I really felt like I was, you know, hey, I'm in shape. I, you know, I get it in. I, I, I do my run. And then after I, I get my run in, I typically I'll do a couple of pull ups, you know, a few sets of pull ups and some push ups and some sit ups and, you know, try to keep the body, 
you know, limber and half, looking halfway good. I'm still single. I got to keep my stock up. And so on this particular day, my buddy, we go for this run. I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to take you on the, on the trail that I normally go on. And, you know, I'm kind of feeling myself because he's, he's a little bigger than I am. So I figured I can outrun him. And we get to running. And when we get to, you know, about maybe a mile and a half, two miles in, you know, I'm, I'm at that point where, okay, it's time to start slowing down, right? My run is coming to an end. I basically hit a third of the run. And he starts hopping around like he's a boxer. I mean, he's hopping around like he's a boxer, and he starts punching the air. And I'm thinking, what is this fool doing, man? I'm, I mean, I'm tired. It's, 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 I'm ready for this run to be over. He turns around, and he's running backwards, and he's like, Linnell, let's go, bro. Let's go. And he just takes off. And so I'm behind him, huffing and puffing. And finally, you know, we get around the trail. We get back to my house. And when we get into the backyard, what he's doing is he's, he's jumping up and down. And he starts going into, I forget what you call him, but, you know, you do a push-up and then you jump up in the air. You come back down and you do a push-up and you jump in the air. And I'm doing all I can not to sit down. And at that moment is when I realized I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was. And that's really what I want to do for you. You know, there are a few things that I know you think you're good at, but maybe we can be a little bit better. In that moment, my buddy showed me that I could be a lot better. I need to I need to basically crank my run up a little bit. I mean, maybe I need to go a little further. I need to push myself because there's a whole lot more that I can do. And it's the same way in life. You know, there's a saying that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You know, it's a, it's a time to get a new set of friends. You know, it's part of the reason you haven't necessarily moved to the next level in your life because, well, the people you surround yourself with. So a life coach is a partner who helps you meet your goals for learning and overall helps enhance your performance towards those goals. And I'm going to talk a little more about goals uh, when we get later into the show, but you know, goals are a huge part of making physical steps of progress to who you want to be towards improvement. Now, life coach is not a therapist. It's not a psychologist or anybody else you're afraid to let in your head. You know, a lot of times, you know, in a, especially in the African-American community, we, you know, you say psychologist, you say therapy. We thinking, oh, man, uh, you know, I'm, I don't need that. You know, people going to think something's wrong with me. But the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's a science to help you put some things behind you and, you know, something that we should do. Now, a life coach is not that, but it's another way of helping you close gaps. You know, it's a person who helps you close the gap between A, where you are right now, and B, where you want to be in the future. And so a couple of ways for you to think about life coaching Uh, You know, a life coach is also about creating sustainable change in your life. So, Chicago, y'all with me? Any questions about what a life coach is or isn't? How are you feeling about this whole life coach thing? Also, remember, I'm tracking the conversation on Inspirational Perspective, the Facebook page, also on inspirationalperspective.com. You can follow it at inspired underscore peeps on Twitter. So, I want to debunk some of the top excuses that people make during our time together this evening for why they cannot design the life of their dreams. You know, when I say the life of the dreams, we all have dreams. There's, there's certain things that we want to accomplish with our lives, 
And the, and the best way to find out really is to ask a five-year-old. I mean, you talk about completely uninhibited. Uh, a five-year-old would tell you what they believe they can be without any hesitation. I want to be president of the United States. I mean, they believe that they can do it. You know, some of them, you know, I want to be a fireman. Others, I want to be a police officer. But whatever it is, when you ask them, hey, what is it that you want to be? It's without hesitation. And isn't it fascinating as, the, as we get older? You know, firemen seem so simple. But there's some of us right now who would say, man, I would kill for a job like that, you know, to be a fireman. And I tell you, they got some slick jobs on 24, off 48. But it, it, it takes a certain amount of discipline to step into a role like that. Or even look at, at, look at president. For the first time, almost any American, I believe, can feel like they can take on the role of president. You know, after the election of Barack Obama, he, I believe that he's blazed the trail not only for African-Americans, but Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, that you do not have to be uh, white to be in the White House. It's really about who can lead the country the best. And so now when I ask, okay, so what is it that you want to do with your life? What are your dreams? A lot of times people hesitate. Well, do I, do I really want to lay out for you what it is that I want to do? Or, you know, what will somebody think? And some of the top excuses are, well, I'm, I'm a little too old for that. Or, you know, some of them sometimes are too young. And too young for me has been a big one. Most of my career, I've taken on roles of leadership over people who were sometimes twice my age. And so young, but believe me, I mean, there were nerves. You talk about way outside the comfort zone. Yeah, that's way outside the comfort zone when somebody is old enough to be your mom and you're talking to her and uh, you're the boss. You know, another excuse is I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. You know, I need to go back to school. I don't have enough money. This is a situation. You know, it's amazing to me how people who are driven can find a way to do whatever it is that they really want to do. You know, and then the biggest one is, you know, I don't have enough time. And I got to tell you, on my blog, inspirationalperspective.com, you know, I have quite a few posts about time. And, and a lot of times the readers, they'll complain and say, hey, man, you, you always hit this time thing. You know, you, you spend so much time talking about time. But part of the reason I do that is because when I'm sitting down and talking to a client or if I'm sitting down and having a mentorship conversation, it's the one thing that comes up. If I, you know, I can recommend a book and say, hey, you know, why don't you get out there and read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? Now, that's not the easiest read in the world. But you know what? It's a good read. Will it take you some time? Absolutely, it's going to take you some time. You, you got to sit down and, and mull through those chapters. He has certain exercises in the book. You got to work through the exercises. But I can tell you that almost anybody I know that is successful has read that book. But, you know, a book that costs you 20 bucks, you know, so it's not an excuse of not having enough money. You know, it's not an excuse about age. Most of us can read. But a, a book that, will, that costs about $20, you know, most of my mentees have not read because of the simple complaint around not having enough time. But if I asked you, you know, so what happened on Scandal this week? You know, I could get the full rundown, the full rundown. And the problem with that is Olivia Pope is not putting money in your pocket. She's just not. You know, but if you educate yourself, you know, you can get money in your pocket. There's a quote that I came across not too long ago, and I, I love the quote because it, you know, it, it really reflects what I'm trying to say right now. 
And basically, the essence of the quote was this. I'm going to read it to you. It's around being a lifelong learner. And it went like this. If you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. Now, when you take that and you begin to add that to time, you know, really, is, is time really an excuse for why we can't be better? You know, are you really that tired? You know, 30 minutes a night could get you a long, long way. And I'm also going to answer a lot of questions for you over the next few weeks. You know, so I'm, I'm going to debunk these myths. Right, let me run over the myths real quick before I move forward. All right. So the myths I want to debunk were the excuses. The top excuse I just said was I am too young. The second one is I am too old. The third one is I don't have enough money because, you know, persistence gets you everything. I've heard a lot of stories around people who don't have money in college or other things where they went to the dean's office and you, you know, you lay yourself down on the tracks. All kinds of wonderful things can happen with persistence. And then the last big one is I don't have enough time. So what questions what questions do you have about that? It looks like we have a caller. Somebody's calling in. Let's, uh, let's go to the, to the boards real quick. What's your name, brother? Hey, how you doing, brother? My name is Mike. Okay. Where you from, Mike? Uh, I'm from New York. I'm from New York. I got a Chicago accent. All right. That's what's up. Now, Mike, I just want to say I knew you were the truth as soon as you mentioned Napoleon Hill. My man. That is a great book. It is. Huh? So tell me, tell me what you like about Napoleon Hill. Well, the simple fact is that I like the fact that Napoleon Hill did a lot of research just to put that book into motion. He didn't just write that book over no small period of time. He actually followed people like the man who uh, who made up Ford. He followed uh, different great artists, different great entertainers of that in that in that motion like that. So that's right. Yeah, you talking about Henry Ford? That's the name Henry Ford. That's right, right. Right. That's why you're you're a great radio guy because I'm just so nervous talking on the radio. And you, man, I'm really glad to hear a brother like you on the radio, sir. Hey, no, hey, you keep listening, my man. Hey, so you know, real quick, one question: Do you know how long it took him to write that book? I don't know exactly how long, but I know he did a lot of research. He did a lot of research, and and uh, he researched uh, cats like you know Charles Schwab. We know those names, don't we? J.P. Morgan. Yeah. You know, Andrew Carnegie. And yeah. it, took him, it took him about 25 years to write the book. And so, and so what I hear you saying, Mike, is, you know, you've read this book before, right? Yes, and I also heard the audio version of it. Okay. And did, did you feel I did like... More, to be honest, though, I did more listening to the audio version than I did reading the book. All right. <laughs> and, and, and so you fell into, you fell into that, <laughs> that trap I called time, didn't you? But you know what, though? By me using an audio book while I'm driving, you know, it, it kind of fed into my time, so I had no excuses. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, I'm going to ask you one thing, man. Hey, yes, sir. take the time to read the book. Make it a study. It will change your life. It, you already know about it. You already know it's the truth. So yes. take the time, brother. I will. I will. Can I ask you one more question? Yes, sir. Uh, have you ever read the book 48 Laws of Power? I have read the book. That's by Robert Greene, correct? Yes, yes, it's a great book as well. That is a great book, and if I'm not mistaken, there's a hip-hop version made by 50 called The 50 Laws of Power, where he kind of yes. breaks it down from an urban perspective. Have you read that one? I glanced, but I really didn't. I was still, I was still caught up in the 48 Laws of Power. I ain't even want to cross over the uh, 50 Cent and his extra two laws. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. Well, look, man, I'm going to tell you, read Napoleon Hill first, brother. Read him. 
And uh, he, he has another one. When you finish up Think and Grow Rich, he has another one called Outwitting the Devil. And the, mm. the crazy thing about this book is after Napoleon Hill, so Napoleon Hill wrote this book and his wife read it. And it mm. was so provocative, she begged him, begged him not to publish it. Mm. And if you, if now, what's the name of the book again? It's called Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Devil? Yep. It's called Outwitting the Devil. And it was so provocative, she asked him not to publish it. And it, and it just hit bookstands probably, if I'm not mistaken, about maybe three or four years ago. Three or four years ago because she was afraid to release it. And you talk about another powerful read where I'm not going to give anything away, but when you finish up Think and Grow Rich, and this is not just for you, this is for everybody else that's listening, then you move on to outwitting the devil, you know. So mm, I definitely will, because I definitely trust your opinion, brother, because, like, really, I, I think you're helping take the WVON in, in a new direction, brother, and I'm so glad to hear you on the radio. What's your name again? Linnell Harris. And, and you Linnell can, Harris? Yes, hey, sir. Hey, hey, anybody out there listening, hey, Linnell Harris, he's, he's the truth, and I don't think you can, but I'm going to grab all the books right now, the audio books. <laughs> all right, <laughs> brother. I'm with the audio books. All right. <laughs> hey, what, whatever works. Whatever works, man. It sounds like you're a driver, huh? Hey, you know, like, no, I got to stay in traffic. Okay. Yeah, so I got to make some money. I hear that. I hear that. Well, hey, look, man, thanks for listening. I appreciate you calling in, Mike. Uh, Thank be, you. Be blessed, brother. And you can always, you can follow me on inspirationalperspective.com. You know, go ahead and subscribe so you can get more than just a radio show. But, you know, keep listening every Saturday. Will do. Man. All hey, right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right, so that was Mike from New York. Appreciate him calling in. Chatting a little bit about Napoleon Hill, then we moved on to, to time. And now I want to, I wanna, you know, go into a few other questions that I'm going to answer throughout the show. So what is a purpose and, and why does it matter? You know, when I talk about a purpose, I mean, you know, why do you exist? What is your reason for being on God's green earth? So that's, that's one of the questions that we're going to be answering in weeks to come. Another question, how do you keep resolutions? You know, next week I'm, I'm going to be talking quite a bit about New Year's resolutions. You know, moving into March, some of us have already broken them. Already done. And we're not even, we're not even halfway through the year yet. So how do you keep a resolution? So I'll be talking about that, providing some tips on how you can, how you can keep a resolution. Nonetheless, this is the last week of Black History Month. And so also at the end of the show, I want to make sure we pay homage to our African-American ancestors who blazed the trail for us. So, we, so things like WVON are possible. So when you tune in every Saturday night, Saturday night, there's a couple of things that you're going to be getting. One of the things you're going to get is possibility. You're going to get possibility. You're also going to get inspiration and motivation. And inspiration and motivation to act on your dreams. And the other, the other thing I want to make sure that I bring to you is a sense of courage so you can begin conquering your fears. So every Saturday night, I'm going to provide you clear steps that you can take to begin dissolving the monotonous cycle that you may be stuck in. And earlier, we talked about what it's like to be stuck. You know, basically waking up, attacking your day. You know, jumping out of bed, especially if you hit snooze, you know, already being defeated by time, going to work, you know, stuck in a cycle in a job that you may not like. So how do you get unstuck? And then we also talked about, you know, just being exhausted and tired. You know, how do you get past that 
so you can get the time to do things like read books, you know, like we were talking about, you know, Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. And like I said, I'm direct. If you're okay with mediocrity in your life, then this is not the show for you because I'm going to make you mad every weekend. Every weekend, I'm going to make you mad. You know, I'm, I'm trying to push your emotional buttons. I want you to get a little bit upset because what I know is when you have emotion behind something, you change it. You change it. I mean, if you think about your personal relationships, your mom says something crazy to you and you get an attitude, you know, something's got to change. Either she's going to back up or you need to change, you know, how you're getting things done. You know, you think about your husband or your wife, you know, you get an attitude about something, something's got to change. You know, and one of the things I say at work is if you can't change the people, then you've got to change the people. If you know what I mean, that's probably one of the reasons the divorce rate is so high. But, you know, people changing people. But either way, emotion gets us in action. And so I'm trying to push your emotional button. So if that's happening for you, then I'm happy because that is how we can begin to eliminate mediocrity from our lives. And so if you're okay with mediocrity, this is not the show for you. But if you if you have an appetite for greatness, then I'm saying stay right here because that's what it's all about. So what's holding you back? Let's have that conversation. What's holding you back? And again, if you want to get into the conversation, you can call in 591-1690. Join the conversation. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at inspired underscore peeps. And so let's get in this. But, you know, what's, what's holding you back? Is normal holding you back? Normal. Is normal holding you back? And the reason I say normal is because normal is, normal is familiar. It's real familiar. Normal is everything that we already know, the way you drive to work, you know, when you get to work, the way you walk into the building, the button you push when you get into the building. It's, it's just normal. And then most of the time, that's what we call being bored. So does normal hold you back? Or what about good? Does good hold you back? And what I mean by good, good is tough. I mean, you know, Jim Collins wrote the book, you know, Good to Great. And one of the things he said in the book is that good is the enemy of great. And so is good holding you back? Because when you're good, you really don't want to, you know, why would you kind of upset the apple cart? You know, why would you, you know, do things different when you already got a good? You know, I got a nice house, Linnell. I got a nice car. You know, here you are on the radio, you know, trying to tell me to do things differently. Why would I do anything different? But, you know, in the back of our minds, I believe we all have a seed of greatness. We know that there is something inside of us that we're we're trying to tap into. And in order to tap into that seed, that means that that requires some change. It also requires some courage. And so are your fears holding you back? You know, because fears, you know, fears sometimes they get you. One of the blogs I wrote recently was, you know, is your fear separating you from your success? You know, and I tell the story about how the blog started. I mean, the first time that I published the very first blog, I was sweating profusely. I was in my office in my home. It was the 4th of July, two years ago, and I was about to hit publish, and I was sweating, man. You talk about being scared. I'm about to put my work on the World Wide Web. And so anybody who doesn't like it, you know, they, they can get at me. They can basically say, you know what? You know, this, this is pretty awful. Matter of fact, you know, you got a couple of errors in your spelling here. And so I was pretty afraid. And I got to tell you, you know, tonight's the very first show of Inspirational Perspective. You know, I'm hosting it. But, hey, did I go through some fears? Oh, yeah. You know, halfway through the week, I say Wednesday. I was like, what am I doing? But the fact of the matter is you can't let fear hold you back. And typically fear is just an indication that you're stepping outside your comfort zone. 
that means you're doing something new. And I, you know, I have a, another post that's, you know, that's where the magic happens at. You know, where is the magic happening at? Because the magic usually happens outside that comfort zone. So what's holding you back? There's something you holding you back. Is there something I can help you with? Call in 591-1690. It takes courage. And so if you want to go from good to great, what does that take? And it's not that we don't want to do it. And it's not that we don't know how. I mean, most of us, we know how. We know, we know the fundamental steps that we need to take. So I'm not lecturing you guys. All I'm doing is I'm reminding you about what you already know. You know, it's one of the, my favorite quotes is, it's not that we don't know what to do. It's just that we need to be reminded. And we need to be reminded often. You know, Henry David Thoreau, you know, he wrote, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. And I, I like to, you know, kind of combine with what, what Henry David Thoreau wrote, that it's not just, you know, quiet desperation and ignorance. Like, typically, we know what it is that we're supposed to do. But you get caught in that cycle I was talking about, and all of a sudden, you know, things get tough. So what's normal for you? What's your comfort zone? Why is it worth you to, you know, for you to challenge your norms? Why is it worth, you know, for us to push to live the best life possible? You know, what's in that for us? And for everything we want to start, there's always something else that we, you know, we, we're going to have to give up. So what is it that you're going to give up to get these things? I have a caller. It looks like we have Leonard. And so, Leonard, you're on the air. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you now. Okay, how's it going? I'm actually listening to you on WVON on my, uh, my, my smartphone, iHeartRadio. All right. Yes, sir. I was um, calling to speak with you, um, just listening to the show. Congratulations, by the way. Um, just listening to the topic, I would have to say with me, it's, I would say, a little bit of the norm and a little bit of fear. Um, like you said, with the norm, it's something that you're used to. It's your comfort zone. And to step outside of that, it's like, okay, how do I change something that, you know, I've been used to doing? How do I, you know, uh, make something better? You know, basically, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But at the same time, you see in the long range, you know, when it comes to jobs or whatever, you know, you think you have that job security. Next thing you know, you're getting that pink notice, <clears throat> that pink notice. It's like, how do I make, you know, how do I step out that comfort zone? How do I lose that fear of, you know, uh, disappointment, that, that fear of not being able to accomplish what, you know, I'm trying to accomplish? Okay, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I got to tell you. Uh, number one, thank you for having the courage to call in because I believe you're not the only person out there who has that question. You know, so let me, I want to make sure I heard you right. But you're asking, how do I step outside of my fear? And then how do you step outside? How do you kind of take that step outside of your comfort zone? Yeah. Okay. And what I like to say, Leonard, is this. When you have a vision for what your life can be, I mean, that's the first thing you want to grab onto. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a couple of questions, but... You know, I'm sure there's there's somewhere you want to go. Right. And that's why you're even addressing the fact that you have fear. And one of the things I say a lot of times is self-awareness. Self-awareness is the first step. And once you mm -hmm. know that it's there, then you can do something about it. Right. So there's something that you want to do. Right. I mean, you, can you right. see that? You don't have to say what it is, but can you see that thing? Uh, I mean, I, have, I mean, I have no problem really, you know, expressing it with me. Uh, I'm real good, you know, with my hands. Okay. You know, it's, it's almost pretty much nothing that I can't do if I put my mind to it. But at the same time, like I said, uh, I've had 
different friends down through the years. Leonard, Lynn, man, you you real good. Why don't you just get your own business? And it's like, okay, well, I don't have all the knowledge it is for that. You know, as cricket as a lot of people are when it comes to business, it's like I have to really entrust myself and uh, entrust my business in someone else's. It's basically something I don't know how to do. So it's like that right there is something that, you know, that fear of that. Because, uh, you know, you have your regular nine to five, you know, you know, you got this steady check coming in. Oh, yeah. Every day. But then when budget gets low, you know, they need to balance the budget, you know, now you're the shortest one on the totem pole, you get the pink slip. So now you then took three steps back. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, so. And that's, and that's when you start thinking to yourself, like, man, I should have stepped out on my own a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so this is what I would say, you know. The fact of the matter is, you know, and so we were talking about Henry Ford earlier, you know, and and for Henry Ford, you know, he he knew how to build a car, but there were a lot of things that he he did not know how to do. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this story, not just for you, but also for the listeners. You know, at one point, Henry was, uh, you know, they took him to court. And part of the reason he was in court was it was actually a suit because a newspaper had wrote an article about him being an ignorant man, mm. you know, because, you know, Henry Ford didn't have a. He didn't have a, a formal education. Now, you know who I'm talking about when I say Henry Ford, right? The, the, the godfather right. of Ford vehicles. Right. And um, so he didn't, have a former, he didn't have a formal education, man. And so what he was really good at was surrounding himself with people that he could trust that knew what he did not know. Mm. And, you know, one of the first things I would say is, you know, as I said it earlier in the show, you know, we are the average of the five people that we're closest to. And so sometimes before you can really launch out into the deep, you, got to, you have to start asking yourself, okay, am I hanging around the right cats? Am I hanging around the right people? And is there somebody else that I can begin to affiliate myself with where I can, I can benefit from their knowledge? And so in your case, it could be, you know, somebody that's going to keep the books, right? You can, you can handle everything with your hands, but, you know, is there somebody who's going to keep the books that I can trust? Right. You know, and, and if, you, if, if your friendship circle doesn't have that, then I would say, you know, you need to begin to take a real hard look about who, you know, with who you surround yourself with. And, and there's something else. You know, one of the reasons I, you know, early in the show, I recommended Think and Grow Rich. You know, we were talking about that because there's a part in the book where he talks about auto-suggestion. And what auto-suggestion means is, you know, I have a goal. There's a place that I'm trying to be, you know, in my life. And if I have a desire then I write that thing on paper. So in your case, it's, you know, you want to have a business where you can, you know, you can work with your hands and begin to make money with the talent that you have. And so you put that thing on paper and you think on it every day. And it's going to create a certain amount of dissatisfaction in you. You know, so when you go to work, you're going to say, okay, you know, man, I really wish I could be doing this thing that I'm dreaming about. But something phenomenal begins to happen. And, you know, this is what they call the law of attraction, right? And you hear a whole lot about this with The Secret and some of these other books. You know, Oprah's talked a lot about it. But when you have something planted in your mind and you know that that's what you want to do, all of a sudden you start meeting people that can help you do that thing. Mm. All of a sudden. And, and the thing is, you, some of them you may have already known. But yeah. because you didn't have it planted in your mind that, okay, if I start my business, I'm going to need somebody. I'm going to need an accountant. Or if I start my business, I'm going to need somebody who, you know, who can give me a loan. And because, you, you, you know, it was kind of off in the distance, you really didn't think on it. 
you know, they weren't visible to you. But all of a sudden, when you plant this thing in your mind, you're going to start to look at your circle different. And there's going to be a few people in the circle who you might say, you know what, I do trust him or her. And I need to begin to talk to them about this. And as you have those conversations, that's where the power is. Because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I could do that for you. Or I know somebody who can. And that's also the power of, you know, saying your dream out loud. You know, when you start sharing that dream with, you know, your family and your friends and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, you can utilize their network networks as well. And all of a sudden, you as an individual, you don't have all the skills and capabilities. And I'm going to tell you, for some of the things I want to do, you know, some of my dreams, man, I, have, I don't have all the skills and capabilities. But you can be, you know, for sure that I'm eyeballing people who do. <laughs> and I'm okay. trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out how to bring them into my circle so we can get these things done. And so that's, that's you know, that's the best advice I can give you. I mean, did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you taking the call, man. Uh, no, no problem, man. And, you know, you can follow me at inspirationalperspective.com. You know, subscribe to the blog and uh, email me if you have any more questions. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Have All a right. good one. You too. All right. So, Leonard, that was a, that was a great question that he had around, you know, how do I get past – my fears how do I step outside my comfort zone if anyone else has any questions like that you know feel free to call in 591-1690 591-1690 we can also have we also having a conversation on on twitter at inspired underscore peeps okay the next topic overall is does your life need a new ceo now, for those of you who follow the blog, you read this post this past Sunday, and so you're familiar with the concept itself. But I really want to unpack it. And if some of you all out here, you know, feel free to call in and provide me, you know, what it is that you're thinking overall. But, you know, does your life need a new CEO? So you might be asking, okay, Linnell, well, what do you mean a, a new CEO? It only has one CEO, and how am I going to go find another one? What I basically mean is this. A new CEO... It's just a switching mentality. And, I, and I'm going to give you a perfect example, okay? So about, about two years ago, you know, 2010, you know, I'm working, and uh, the job I had back then was global. So I was traveling all over the Western Hemisphere. And I, I have to tell you that I was, I was moving so fast that, you know, every day I got up, it just felt like I had a thousand things to do. And I quickly became very uninspired, extremely uninspired. And so the CEO who was running my life is very, back then, is very different than the CEO that's running my life today. A lot of times what I like to say is, that was Linnell 1.0, and who you're listening to today is Linnell 2.0, and hopefully who you're listening to tomorrow or who you're listening to next year is Linnell 3.0. I mean, it's, it's always, you know, how do I upgrade? You know, go to Beyonce, I'm going to upgrade you. And so how are you upgrading yourself? And so, you know, two years ago when all this was happening, I was extremely uninspired and I was looking for inspiration from everywhere else. But from me, you know, looking for inspiration from my leader at the time and and in some ways upset with my leader because she was not providing the inspiration that I felt she should provide or the, or the, the type of inspiration that she had been providing before. I was looking to other leaders, you know, so certain blogs I read or certain people I followed. I even remember going to a, a leader cast 
And at this leader cast, you had cats like Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson, the brain surgeon, and, and Jim Collins, who was the author of Good to Great. And he, uh, he just penned uh, another book. It's slipping my mind right now. But, you know, you had a lot of these, these great people. And I, I sat at this leader cast, and I left that Friday afternoon, and I felt nothing. And I remember thinking to myself, they had failed me. I say, okay, they didn't inspire me. They didn't make me feel any better, so they failed me. And it wasn't until August I went to a, a global leadership summit out in Barrington, Illinois, and I had the opportunity to hear T.D. Jakes, where I, I got a wake-up call. And when I was listening to T.D. Jakes, the thing that he said that really caught me was, some of you are out here waiting for someone to inspire you. And I'm going to tell you that it is your job to inspire yourself. And I got to tell you, when I heard that, it was almost like I woke up out of my slumber, man. And, you know, that was the beginning of Inspirational Perspective. And since then, I've been operating with a new CEO. So when I ask you, does your life need a new CEO? I'm not saying, you know, let somebody else take it over. Nobody else can. You might can bring in a CFO. I mean, some of your wives are CFOs. You can't buy anything unless you talk to her. She's a CFO, right? But at the end of the day, you are the CEO. And so, you know, do you need a new CEO? And here's the, here's the fact of the matter. You know, when we go to work, when we go to work, we, we know our jobs, right? I mean, you know how to be prepared. You want to you deliver an accurate report. You, you know how to give a great presentation. You know, and you care about how you look. You care about how you smell. You care about being on time. You care about what your coworkers think. You care about what your boss thinks. And you typically know everything about that workplace. You understand the strategic priorities. You understand the department goals. You know, you know what the stock price is. If, you're, if your company is public, you get it. You know, you know the stock price. You know, you know if sales are up or down, you know if the company's healthy, you know if the de department budget is right. And so you know everything about your job. But if I were to switch it on you, if I were to switch it on you, do you know that much about your life? And so before I get into the second part, I got another caller. We're going to take this caller real quick. It's Sarah. So, Sarah, you are on the air. Hey, thanks for having me. I just had a quick question. Um, I like what you're talking about, and I was curious as if you could give just some more tools if I have identified, okay, something could be holding me back. It could be fear or something else, but just some tools on how I could make that transition. Just like talking about to being the new CEO of my life. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. So just to make sure I understand what you're saying, you, you want to know, are there any tools, any tools that you can use to make the transition to be the new CEO of your life? Exactly. Okay. Well, the first, the first tool I'm going to give you is, is real simple, right? You need to start following the blog at, you know, www.inspirationalperspective.com. That's easy, right? Okay. All right. So that's the first one. And, you know, but overall, it's things like that. What you want to do is begin, you know, what I say is, you know, you are basically what you feed yourself with. And so what you put in your mouth, for instance, you know, what you put in your mouth, you know, that's that's what your body becomes. Ultimately, well, it's the same thing with your mind. And so when you're talking about trying to make a transition, this is this is really a mental trend transition that you're trying to make. You know, how do I get myself out of the mindset that I used to be in and make a transition 
to a, a new place, you know, a, a new mindset overall. And that's, you know, so I wasn't being facetious when I told you to follow the blog. The idea is how do you begin feeding yourself new ideas that take root and, you know, these seeds take root and begin to grow new concepts and ideas in your mind? You know, the last caller, when Leonard called, you know, part of his transition overall into becoming a new CEO was just proclaiming, okay, this is what I want to do. And being very observant, you know, with the people who are around him. You know, do I, make, do I need to make a shift in my friendships? Do I need to make a, you know, a shift in the people I hang out with? And then secondly, you know, proclaiming this is what I want to do and begin identifying what that looks like. And so each transition is different, you know, but, you know, ultimately, you know, that's one of the first ways you can, you can begin to make transition. Does that help you? It does. All right, Sarah, thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. All right. All right. So you listen to the Inspirational Perspective, WVON 1690. Does your life need a new CEO? Does your life need a new CEO? So before we went to break and before we had a chat with Sarah, basically we were saying, you know, so you, you, know, you pretty much know everything about your job. You know what it is that you have to do at work. You understand the job's goals. You know, you understand the, the strategic priorities. But if I were to flip that, if I were to ask you, how much do you know about me, corporation? And you say, okay, Linnell, what do you mean by me, corporation? What I'm saying is you. How much do you know about your corporation? Because ultimately, you know, we're all running small corporations, if you think about it. You know, so to put it into an example for myself, I am running Linnell M. Harris Incorporated. I mean, that's that's what I'm doing. And so every decision I make has impacts on this corporation. So you're running your own corporation. You know, you're running me corporation. But, you know, as the CEO of this corporation, you know, what are your strategic priorities? Do you do you know them? Are they very clear for you? You know, do you have them spelled out? Because most of us, when we walk into work, you know, you can see the values on the walls or the mission statement. The mission statement is up there. You know, we, we can see that very clearly. So what's your mission statement? You know, what are your values? What are you living by? You know, you know what's on your wall? And is it, is it actually on the wall in the house, you know, to remind you? Because your job will remind you as soon as you walk in. I mean, you got the tagline. You know, if you work at McDonald's, it's I'm loving it. And so what's your tagline? What's your 2013 goals? I mean, what, what is it that you accomplished? You're looking to accomplish this year. Do you have them written down? You know, if, if I were to ask you what's number four of five, would you know exactly what goal that is? Because I can assure you if your boss is asking you about goals at work, you, you got those. What's your net worth? You know, do you know how much you're worth? If you had to add everything up, you know, take the house, take the car, take the, you know, the flat screen TVs in the house. If you had to sell everything, what are you worth? Do you know that? I mean, because a CEO knows that about their business. You know, it's funny. I was... I was, uh, you know, watching MSNBC. They were talking about BP. And most of us know BP had the oil spill a couple of years ago on the Gulf. And, you know, so because they had this oil spill, they had to go to court. And after all the litigation, they got charged with, you know, a couple of accounts of manslaughter. And, and they had to, you know, clean up the Gulf and pay a fine. And so this company, you know, has to pay a fine of $14 billion. And so, you know, the analysts 
on television was basically talking about, you know, well, you know, BP used to be a $148 billion company, but now, now, you know, they're only going to be, you know, maybe worth $124, $130 billion. I mean, okay, so they're, they're still worth a lot. But at the end of the day, the funny thing is you look at these different companies and you know, you know what the net worth is. And so when I ask you what your net worth is, I know, you know, some people are thinking, do I really need to know that? I would say yes. Yes, you do. Another question. Are your sales up or down? I mean, because if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, I can tell you, you know, if sales are up and down. I mean, the manager is telling you, hey, we need to do better. We got to sell more burgers. You're also very aware of what inventory is. You know, if you're running out of burgers, hey, we only got 10 more slabs in the freezer. And so we need to go out and get some more patties. And so you're very aware of what's happening at that job. You're very aware of what's going on. And so are your sales up or down? And what I mean by that is do people buy what you say? You know, if if you're talking to your husband and you say, oh, yeah, you know, when I go out, I'm not going to spend that much money. Does he even buy that? You know, are your sales up or down? You know, when you're talking to a friend and you say you're going to show up, do they buy that? You know, so the question is, do you need a new CEO? And then, you know, last but not least, are you healthy? Are you healthy? You know, so we talk about the health of a company. You know, most of us don't want to work for a company that's not healthy. You know, if the company's not healthy, you know, we heard Leonard on the phone and he was saying, look, man, they got to downsize. Uh, you know, I'm starting to wonder, OK, man, is my job in jeopardy? So we we keep a real close eye on health of a company. But why don't we keep that same, you know, impeccable eye on our own health? You know, you only got one body, one life. You are the CEO. What are you doing to be healthy? Another good question. You know, what's your 2013 budget? (laughs) You know, how much money are you going to spend this year? You know, you know how much money you make a year. How much money you plan to spend? And then, you know, how do you hold that to you? You know, it's funny. I I was listening to a radio program. You know, a lot of times I listen to old school Earl Nightingale takes. And Earl Nightingale was talking about money. And what he was saying is, you know, it's not. You know, money problems that we have have nothing to do with how much money we make. You know, you could have somebody making $50,000 that has a much better budget and an ease of mind than a person making $150,000 because they just got different bills. You know, the person who's $150,000 is trying to live a lifestyle of somebody making maybe a quarter of a million. But the person who's making 50000 is living well within their means. And so they, they go to bed well. They wake up well, you know. They both eat the same kind of cereal. I mean, Honey Nut Cheerios. But one person's living better with less money. And so, you know, what's your budget? What's going on? And so the fact of the matter is, you know, the meat corporation isn't if it isn't being run very well. Then more than likely, your life is not being run very well. Not more than likely, your life is not being run very well. And that that completely messes up your overall genius and ability to be creative. Y'all feeling me? I'm telling you, this is this is a big one here. I'm, I'm hoping I got some of you mad. I'm hoping I got you upset because, like I said, that emotional reaction is that's what that's what's going to get you. So the question is, if you are if you are the CEO, you need to be. Then could you start living the life of your dreams? You know, could that balance sheet, could it be green? You know, could you look and feel more healthy? And then all of a sudden life becomes more of a, you know, more at ease, more of a breeze. 
Is that possible if you get a new CEO? No, so I'm right here with you, Chicago. I'm right here with you. You know, you, you can give me a phone call. Tell me if I'm off track. 591-1690. Hit me at inspired underscore peeps on Twitter. I'm following it. But am I off track? You know, because, you know, I would say that if you have a, a good CEO, then you're probably going to be in good shape. And so Sarah was just asking for some tips. So, you know, how does one become a better CEO? You know, how do you, how do you get better at this thing? Because, you know, life is hard. And, uh, you know, I, my favorite saying is this. A lot of times we make these, you know, we make these grand plans for what we want to start. You know, so I'm going to, you know, run every day. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. But the question really is, you know, the real tangible question is, what are you going to stop? All right, so if running every day is going to take you about an hour, that means you need to, re- you need to stop doing something else for an hour. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to do something consistently because we, we have a lot of startups, but we don't have a lot of stops. So what are you going to stop doing? You know, so if, if you're going to be a better CEO, you know, write down the top three things that you're going to start. You know, so I'm going to to be a better CEO. I'm going to start eating better. You know, I'm, I'm going to start exercising and I'm also going to start doing a lot better with managing my money. All right. So then what are you going to stop? Because, you know, it takes time to sit down and balance that checkbook and, you know, really look at the bills and and figure out if you're paying, you know, the cable company too much money. You know, make sure that you're not, you know, getting hit with credit card fees. That takes time. And so what are you going to stop doing as a result of that? You know, what day are you going to do it? Get real granular. You know, so I'm going to do this on Monday afternoons. I'm going to start balancing my checkbook every Monday which means that, you know, I, I, I can't watch that television show that come on, comes on. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't really watch TV, so I have no idea what's on on Monday nights. But you know, you know. So, all right, does your life need a new CEO? I hope you're feeling me. So, you know, the show is wrapping up. We only got a few more minutes before we hit the top of the hour. Thank you all for listening. But before we go, I want to make sure that I, uh, you know, I pay a little homage to Black History, Black History Month. This is the last Saturday in Black History Month this February. And I wanted to make sure I left you with uh, something from one of our greatest black leaders, Dr. Martin Luther King. But before we do that, I just want to do a quick summary of the show. So we, we talked about quite a bit. You know, we started off chatting about what inspirational perspective is. And uh, if you don't follow the blog, make sure that you do follow the blog you get weekly posts on Sundays for your Monday morning. It's inspirationalperspective.com. You can also learn more about me, your host, Linnell Harris, at linnellharris.com. That is L-I-N-A-L harris.com. So make sure you get out there and check that out. Um, some of you who need a life coach, you know, hit me. Go to the contact page. I got your back. Um, if you were looking for a shift in your life. But black history, you know, so a few weeks ago for Dr. King's birthday, you know, every every year I do my best to make sure I pay my respects to Dr. King. Dr. King is a virtual mentor of mine. Another virtual mentor would be Frederick Douglass. I tell you, you know, man, if I can grow my hair like that. But it's not just about the hair. It's also about how intelligent and how much movement that brother created. But this week I, w- I want to talk about Dr. King.
And I want to hit you from a perspective of what if Dr. King was afraid to share his dream? What would have happened? So, you know, today's show, we talked a lot about making movement, about taking it to the next level. And I want to bring this home for those of us, especially who are African-American, but whether you are or not, you know, Dr. King, you know, has some significant impact on not just the United States, but also the world. And I know we have some listeners from from other places checking out Twitter. So, you know, hello to you all. And I appreciate you listening. So, you know, what if what if Dr. King was afraid to tell his dream? You know, or, you know, better yet, what if what if Dr. King was procrastinating? What if he said, you know what, I'm a little too young right now to give a speech of, you know, of this type of, you know, grandeur. So I'm going to wait till I'm 40 years old. And when I turn 40, then I'm going to I'm going to give the speech. I have a dream. I'm going to save that speech for my 40th birthday. What if he had waited? What if he had procrastinated? You know, because, you know, Dr. King was assassinated when he was 39. And so the direct correlation I'm trying to get you to think about is what are you waiting on? What are you procrastinating about? Or or where is fear separating you from your overall success? And so what if Dr. King hadn't got the chance to voice his dream? Or better yet, you know, we talk to our friends about what it is that we we want to do. And what if one of our friends said, you know what, that dream is too lofty. You know, yeah, you need to get back inside the box, man. You know, you can't do that. You know, so what if what if one of his friends told him it was too lofty and said, look, man, that's ridiculous. Don't repeat that to anybody else. What if he listened to that misguided friend? And never, ever expressed how he truly felt about what we could could accomplish You know, what if Dr. King gave fear all of his power and let his dream become nothing more than a passing idea? What if he gave his power to the disease of mediocrity? What if Dr. King waited till he was 40 years old? What if Dr. King believed his dream but didn't believe in himself? What if he was too afraid to lift his voice and sing, let freedom ring, let freedom ring? What if? There's a quote by Alice Walker, and what she says is, the most common way people give up our power is by thinking we don't have any. And so... Are you letting fear separate you from your dreams? Are you giving up your power? That is what I want to leave with you on this last day of Black History Month. The most common way we give up our power is by thinking we don't have any. So there's a there's a quote by Morgan Freeman, and I want to share it with you guys because I think it it falls right into this. And I'm gonna be with you. I mean, you stuck with me for quite some time. 10 p.m. every Saturday night, inspirational perspective with, with Linnell Harris, and the quote goes like this. You know, Morgan Freeman says, "I always tell my kids, if you lay down, people will step over you, but if you keep scrambling, if you keep going, someone will always give you a hand, always." But you got to keep dancing. 
you got to keep your feet moving, right? Kind of reminds me of Muhammad Ali, where, you know, he said, hey, you got to keep your feet moving. There's another quote by Muhammad Ali, and what he says is, the fight is already figured out before you ever step into the ring. It's figured out when you're on the road jogging and when you're training. And so the idea during this hour is really for us to gear up for the fight for the next week. You know, what are you going to take from what we talked about today and make your life just that much better? I got to tell you, I'm inspired just talking to you guys. And so I'm looking forward to what the you know, what these shows are going to look like in the future. I got some great guests lined up, been having conversations with some of uh, Chicago's successful entrepreneurs, executives, um, and names that you know, and I'm not going. I'm not going to give you the names quite yet. You stuck with me for at least a couple of weeks, but it, I'm going to be lining up a very good show for you all. And we're going to be asking every person that sits in the studio with us, you know, the same question, the same three questions. And and so I, I want you to be locked and loaded so you can hear how they answer these questions. But the three questions are: What are the three things that made you successful? Because, you know, from, from what I heard from you all, the calls that we got in, Leonard, Sarah, people are looking for tangible ways on how to be successful themselves. You know, how do, I, how do I move to that next level? How do I step out when I don't necessarily see the next step, you know, in that staircase? And so what are the three things that made you successful? And then the next question I'm going to ask them, and it's always going to stay consistent no matter who's in the studio, but the next question is, What are some of the mistakes you made? Tell me your three top mistakes, because the fact of the matter is none of us are perfect. And I can tell you, I can walk down a list of some mistakes that I've made in my life and mistakes that I continue to make. But the idea is, you know, how do you how do you step over those mistakes? Like like Morgan Freeman said, you know, you don't lay down. You know, people will step over you. You you know, you got to keep scrambling. You got to keep moving. You got to keep dancing. You got to keep your feet moving. So. You know, how did they get past those mistakes and what did they do to keep their feet moving? How did they take it to the next level? You know, and then the last question is, you know, if there was anything in your life that you can change right now, what would that be? What would you change? And a lot of times, you know, I think it's fascinating to hear what successful people, what their dreams are. And so I want to I want to get an idea of, okay, what's the next level for you? Because ultimately, No matter how successful you get, you have to have another goal. You know, there's a story that I'm reminded of. There's a gentleman who, you know, his only goal in life was to own a large business and make, you know, make quite a bit of money. And so he he got this business up and running. He put everything that he had into this business. And once the business began making lots of money, you know, he. He, he pretty much retired and said, OK, now I'm going to travel the world. I have I, I, I accomplished my goal of setting up a business that can make millions of dollars. And so I'm going to travel the world. And he had no other goals. And so he was traveling the world and people reported seeing him on cruise ships and and airports drunk and, you know, basically just, you know, looking like a derelict, even though he was a millionaire. And, you know, eventually someone asked him and said, you know, why, you know, what is the problem? And he says, well, I've done everything I know how to do. And now, you know, I, I, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, they reported that he was, you know, they saw him reading novels and, and you know, basically just kind of wasting away. And eventually he ended up passing away shortly after he had accomplished that goal. And so no matter how much you, no, no matter where you are in life, you know, we all are, we are plagued with the same thing. What's 
next? What are you going to do next to live the best life possible? And that's what inspirational perspective is all about. My purpose all, all around with you all on Saturdays is simply this. How do I help myself live the best life possible? And how do I help you live the best life possible too? This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.